The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I am your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's topic, as we roll through the offseason and wait for your New York Giants to open training camp late in July, is going to be the dwindling public access to training camps going to be joined momentarily by Lindsay Jones of the athletic who wrote about that topic recently for that fine subscription only publication, which by the way, I do encourage you uh, to, uh, to get a subscription to the athletic. It's uh, it's worth the investment not uh, not necessarily not simply for Giants coverage, but if you're a, a, a sports fan and you like reading things that aren't simply related to game results and box scores, the Athletic is a place where you can read that kind of material. Anyway, uh, back to discussing training camp. Uh, asked on Sunday at Big Blue View. For readers to send stories and photos from past training camps that they had visited in places like Albany, Pace University back in the really older days, Fairfield University. Got some really interesting stories and photos in response. Posted those on Tuesday morning at Big Blue View. If you haven't had a chance to to look at those, please do so. It's a, a really nice sort of stroll down memory lane and really points out the differences in what the NFL used to be and what training camp used to be versus what it is now. So uh, I th- I think it's a post you'll enjoy. It's one that I really enjoyed. I liked going through some of the stories from people. And it really was a stark reminder for me of how different things are today. All right, with that said, Giants fans, let me bring in Lindsey Jones of The Athletic, and we'll talk a little bit more about this topic. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. 
As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, Giants fans, I'm joined now by Lindsey Jones of The Athletic to talk about the dwindling training camp access for the public. Lindsey, thank you very much for, for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Ed. Hey, Lindsay, before we get started, before we dive into it, just for folks who aren't really familiar with your work, why don't you, you give, uh, give folks the, the quick synopsis of, uh, of what you do for The Athletic and, and your background? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, so like you mentioned, I work for The Athletic. I'm on our national NFL desk, which means I kind of cover the league at large. Um, league issues, trends, features, um, news, all sorts of kind of stuff, but I'm not tied to any one particular team. Um, I'm based in Denver. Um, I've covered the NFL since 2008. Um, about half of that time I spent covering the Denver Broncos for the Denver Post. Um, and then I was at USA Today for about six years before I left for the athletic last summer. So in my role at USA Today, I traveled a lot. I was kind of, I was, you know, a national NFL reporter. Um, but being based in Denver, I've spent a lot of my time out West and Midwest, um, you know, my training camp tours that I've done in recent years, I've done a lot of California, um, Ohio, Indianapolis, you know, the kind of that part of the country, the South, I've done all of the Florida teams a bunch. Um, so yeah, so I've, I've kind of been covering the NFL a long time and it's kind of been a fun new adventure at the athletic, trying to cover it in, um, in a different way than I was used to doing before. All right, so let's get into this topic. Let's get into talking about NFL training camps. And I wanted to ask you, do you know offhand or at least roughly what the split is these days between teams that stay, you know, in their own facilities or teams that yeah, still travel? It's the majority now that are have moved back to their home facilities. The number of teams that uh, that go away for camp is dwindling. Um, and several of the teams that still go away, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, for example, um, they have expiring contracts with those places. The Chiefs go to Oxnard, California, which is kind of at the very northern end of what you could kind of consider the L.A. metro area. It's kind of near Ventura. Um, and the Chiefs go to St. Joseph, Missouri, where uh, which is about an hour-ish north of Kansas City. Um, the expectation is they won't have those agreements that much longer and they'll be going back to their home facilities. Um, I believe that the Panthers still go to Spartanburg. Um, you know, the, the Steelers obviously go to 
go to Latrobe. The Bills go to kind of they go to college in Rochester. So there are a number of teams that still do it, but the vast majority have moved back to their home facilities for a lot of reasons. Um, financially is a big part of it. They, it's a lot cheaper, obviously, to stay at home. Um, and then they, you know, they kind of have the the comforts and the luxuries at home. Um, so even though they might be they might be at their home facility, they'll still put the guys up in a hotel. So they kind of have this you know quote unquote camp feeling, but they're still you know, in the, they're in their home locker room. They have their training room. They have their um, training table where they have their cafeteria and their and their chefs and all of the catered stuff that they need to have there. Uh, you know, they have their super state of the art weight rooms and the um, you know the massage tables and their you know they, they have all of the things that they want to have at home. That's so hard to have when you go on the road. So that's kind of why it's happened. Um, and I and I get it from a from a football standpoint. I certainly get it. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the best thing for fans, though, which is kind of what I wrote about last week. And I'm yeah, guessing what we're going to talk about here today. Yeah, it, it is basically. And, and like you, I get it. You know, I think we were talking before we started. We we're, you know, I'm a little bit older than you are. And 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 it just feels like it feels like, you know, it, it's certainly understandable, but it feels like, you know, part of an era maybe the the charm of what used to be the NFL or the charm of the beginning of the season you know is is going away as these teams you know stay home more and more i know the giants for example you know they still have i think this year they've scheduled 10 free public practices but these facilities aren't built to be fan friendly so it's not it's not the charm of going to a college or or going someplace like it used to be where guys would stay for a couple of weeks yeah it definitely has changed and you know and it's really it's it's interesting you look around the you know the entire nfl landscape um, and every team does it a little bit differently i mean there's some places that are still very very fan friendly um a team you know the baltimore ravens are an example of this where they they train at home um, at their home facility but they in recent years they've actually gone out and bought up land adjacent to their facility to build extra practice fields for parking for fans to have area you know specifically for training camp to make it fan friendly um the minnesota vikings they are now back at home they used to train up um at uh, i believe it was st olaf's college they used to be you know so they've very recently, I believe it was even last year, was the first year that they moved back down to Eden Prairie, where they opened this gorgeous new training facility where they actually have kind of a small stadium on site. Um, but they have made it pretty fan friendly where there's uh, tons of seating. It's kind of bleacher style seating, but they also basically kind of make it like a mini state fair. You know, they bring in rides and food trucks. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to the Minnesota State Fair. I've never actually been, but it looks phenomenal. I mean, at the food and games and stuff. So they've really catered it now towards families. So there's some places and, you know, here in Denver, where I live, they have 19 open practices this year, which is pretty incredible. They just did a lot of renovations and new construction um, over probably the last five to seven years to make it more fan friendly they've expanded the seating for training camp um and they also do the you know bringing in food trucks and all of that kind of stuff so you know there's some places that are still doing it really well and then there's some places that are you know keep keep uh tighten it down more and more and more and more where and the eagles are kind of the very extreme example of that where you know now that they're back at their training facility uh in philadelphia it's it's a very it's a it's a pretty small facility there's no extra seating area around their field at the nova care complex um 
And now they only have one practice that fans can attend and they're charging for it. And yes, the money is going to charity, which that's certainly commendable. It's going to um, autism, uh, an autism charity that is you know, something that's very, very important to the Lori family. Um, but it's that's making it extremely exclusive. Um, when you go to a practice at a stadium, like you're going into Century, um, sorry, the, the link, uh, Century Link Field is in Seattle. But if you're going into Lincoln Financial Field, um, it just it's not intimate. You don't get that kind of special training camp feeling that you get when you're, you know, when you're standing out on the side of the practice fields watching the Giants practice. Or you're sitting in this big grassy berm in Denver watching the Broncos or um, kind of lined up against a fence in Oxnard watching the watching the Cowboys. It just it's a completely different feeling. And it's really too bad that the Eagles, who are, you know, have one of the most rabid fan bases in the NFL, haven't found a better way to make their camp a little bit more accessible to people who couldn't regularly go attend to their games. Well, I have to say this from a site that covers the giants, you're getting no sympathy for Eagles fans. None. It's (laughs) that's not, that's that's, that's not happening. (laughs) So um, let me ask you this, Lindsay, you know, I kind of trace this to, the lack of, you know, full two-a-days to the new CBA. I mean, do you is that more or less when you think this, you know, as a trend, you know, really, really came about? I mean, I certainly understand it, but I think that's really the, to me, the main genesis of it. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. Um, I've been talking to my editors and um, one of our other kind of national NFL reporters about this a little bit as something to kind of report out a little bit further. But if you look back to when the last, or when the the current CBA, that was 2011. And that was all happening. The negotiations were happening kind of during training camp time. And it was really in flux. Like we didn't know when, when camp was going to start, if camp was going to happen, the off season was a mess. So, you know, I think that was kind of a turning point in, you know, just logistically, you know, figuring out what training camps are going to look like. And that was a really big, a, a substantial change in what the function of training camp, you know, what training camp actually looks like, you know, you know, for years and years and years, you know, training camp had two full practices a day. I mean, it was four or five hours of on field, you know, in pads, full contact kind of practices. And, um, you know, now there's a lot of like walkthroughs and they don't have as much full contact time and the time that they're actually able to do kind of nine on seven drills or the goal line, you know, the really the stuff that the fans really kind of the, the real football stuff um, that is dwindled a lot. So I think, you know, teams don't want to open up to walkthroughs, those sorts of things. They, um, you know, and then I think the other part of it is that teams are just getting more and more kind of like insular and, don't want to be transparent about things and just are very you know, wanting to keep everything so in-house and maybe give access to your own broadcast, you know, to your own broadcaster specifically to your VIP season ticket holder or sponsor groups that you feel like you can kind of contain a little bit better where, you know, about that time, 2011 and the new CBA. So like I said, the, the, the logistics of trying to organize camp when you didn't know when exactly the season was going to be happening because players were locked out. Um, I think that was part of it, um, the change in the actual structure of camp. And then that was about the time that, like, social media was, like, really taking off. Um, and I just remember having, like, battles, you know, from the reporter side, having battles with PR staff from not just the Broncos when I was covering the Broncos, but around the league, these questions of, well, there's 5,000 fans sitting here, and you're telling me that I can't report take a what's p- going That on. I can't take a picture. Yeah, I've, that I can't I've... take a picture, you know. 
we've been yeah, doing. I, mean, I, I, I didn't mean to stop you, but you know, we've oh, I've yeah. been I've been going to Giants camp since 2007, and we get the same thing. You know, hey, there's there's 2,000 people out there putting these pictures on social media, and and you're telling us we can't take a picture from the sideline. Right, and they would argue back and say, well, they don't have you know Joe Schmo, you know, who's sitting there from you know Greeley, Colorado, or whatever. Like he doesn't have the reach that I have. And that's fair. You know, I've, you know, how many ever tens of thousands of people would follow my Twitter as opposed to like, you know, his family that's following his 15. But still, if something crazy happens, stuff goes viral. So it's been this very kind of give and take, this evolving nature of like what's allowed, what's not allowed. Um, I mean, I remember, gosh, now I'm trying to think which specific player it was. It was it, something that happened with the Patriots and somebody, one of their marquee players kind of got hurt and but the Patriots supporters were kind of all pinned up, you know, kind of off in a corner. They didn't have a good angle on it. And there was some dude who was like sitting in the end, you know, the bleachers behind the end zone and had this like perfect video and it took off. And I can see why te- some teams would get scared of having that sort of stuff out there. Um, but look, there's there's so few secrets in the NFL this time, you know, during training camp. Um, you know, I don't, they're not doing a ton of scheme stuff. You know, you can do your walkthrough, your installs and stuff during those closed walkthroughs. Um, I, I still think it's better to open it up to everybody. But it is it is something that the teams are concerned about in terms of how much information is getting out there. It's kind of an aside, but, you know, having having been to, you know, a number of Giants training camps, there, there is sort of a state secret feel to uh, to being around the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, you know, they, they get a little worried that, you know, the reporters, you know, the, the credential journals are saying, you know, we might report something that we're not supposed to. But, you know, if a fan is like, oh, you know, this, oh, Philip or uh, Daniel Jones took, you know, six extra first team reps today, like that's going to be out there. You know, like I, I, I don't know what this whole the state secret kind of stuff, but because most of the people there that are watching it, you know, you really care about the team and you want what's best and you're really excited about what's happening and, uh, yeah, I think that I think if teams are worrying about like their trick plays getting out there because they have 10 open practices, that's really kind of um, losing the big picture of what can be gained by letting their fans um, have access to camp. You know, let's talk about fan access, you know, and you've been to camps with a number, you know, for a number of different teams. Just quickly, you have a couple of, of you know, favorite, maybe sort of fan memories, things that you've seen in terms of interactions, you know, as, as you've been going around the league? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of places that still do um, a really good job. Um, one of my favorite stops is always um, Brown's Camp, and they, they practice at their home facility in Berea, Ohio. Um, but they do, they just do a really good job of kind of making fan zones. Um, the fans have really, like, good seating, and, you know, and Maybe it's starting to change a little bit as the Browns, the, their fortunes are changing a little bit. But what's so fun about going to Browns camp is that for most of the year, football is very miserable in Cleveland. You know, it's but this is just this most diehard. They just they just love the Browns so much. And when you're there in August, they can still have this glimmer of we might be good. You know, and they they do a really good job of kind of clinging on to some of that optimism. And um, they do a lot of good stuff, like a lot of really good outreach for kids and this kind of stuff. And then they have my favorite promotion um, anywhere around the league uh, during training camp and that they have a partnership with one of the, uh, some of the humane societies locally, you know, that their, their mascot is the big 
Swagger, the big kind of Mastiff dog. So they're the dog pound this whole thing. So they actually have adoptable puppies and dogs every day at training camp and they keep a tally and hundreds of dogs have been adopted rescue dogs, um, through the Browns training camp. So, um, so I love that. Um, uh, Oxnard is a really cool experience where the Cowboys train. Um, I've been there a number of times. I've been there just for Brown or for Raiders. uh, Excuse me. I've been there just for Cowboys camp, but I've also been there when they've had joint practices where the Raiders have come down. And, uh, that's really fun because you get, um, you know, kind of these really diehard Raiders fans, a lot of whom still live in the Los Angeles area who come up, you've got Cowboys fans from all over and they're really close. I mean, I was there a couple years ago when during a joint practice between the Cowboys and Raiders, when, um, like a fight broke out on the field, like, you know, these skirmishes happen, these, the skirmishes happen during these joint practices all the time where you're just so excited to finally hit somebody who's not your own teammate. And, there was a fan standing right on the other side of a chain link fence. I mean, a good yeah, three to four feet maybe away from the sideline. And the squirmish like kind of pushed its way out, you know, from the field onto the sidelines and basically up against the fence. And there was a fan there waiting. Um, he was a Raiders fan. I might be getting this wrong now. Um, but like they, they bring all these memorabilia, you know, stuff that you want to get signed because the player, the players will go around after right after practice and sign for everybody who's waiting against the fence. And a guy brought a helmet to get signed. And there's a player, uh, it was a cornerback from the Raiders, got his helmet ripped off. And the fan, or now I'm getting, I think it was the Cowboys player got his helmet ripped off. The Raiders fan holding the helmet to get signed swung his helmet into this squirmish. And it was like, oh my God, like, this is insane. Like, I remember, it, was, it was crazy. I mean, this might not be the best story for advocating for fan access because a fan got in the middle of this, like, training camp fight. But it was just, like, it was it was really cool. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. And, uh, you know, the tempers kind of settled down and nobody got injured. But, um, you know, so this the Cowboys camp is really cool. Um, you know, obviously, the I haven't actually been there to see it in person, and I would love to do it sometime. But the Packers do a really good job of involving children. You know, they do the bikes. Like the the kids from the Green Bay area kind of bring their bikes out and then the players get to ride them in to camp. Um, I just love any of these times where they just really make it accessible to the kids um, because, you know, this is we talk so much about kind of like the future of the NFL and how, you know, the NFL's outreach and they, you know, they want to go overseas and go to London and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But they really need to be consistently reaching out to young fans and these are the next generation of NFL fans. And this is such an important time that they can be kind of capturing these, these kids and these teenagers and making the players relatable and making them more than just kind of fantasy football stat lines. And, you know, the guys that you draft on your app on your phone. And um, so I love, I love it when they do kind of the, the um, autograph sessions that are just for kids or when they bring in, um, you know, kids from Boys and Girls Club and all of those kind of things. So I think those are the teams that do it best when they really, really make it family and kid friendly. Well, let's hope that NFL teams continue to try to do that. Lindsay, before I let you go, I have one sort of bone to pick with you a little bit. It, <laughs> okay. It, in a mailbag recently, you actually Uh-oh. said that you think the Jets will win a Super Bowl before the Giants will oh, win another Super I know. Bowl. I, I know. saw that, and I'm not going to let you off the hook without <laughs> without explaining yourself. Well, you know, I think I just have questions about what the long term plan is for the Giants. Um, 
what their vision is here. Um, I think it's going to become a little bit more clear when we figure out if Daniel Jones is, is the guy and is going to be the guy for a long time. Um, you know, I just, it's, this off season has been so confusing from the outside when you look at what the giants have done in terms of, you know, you want to ship off some veterans, you know, you, you trade off some big salaries, you trade off some good, play, you know, from Olivier Vernon to obviously Beckham, but then you sign golden Tate and it's like, well, what are you, are, are you rebuilding? Are you, do you think you can win with the roster you have now? Or you, it's just been kind of confusing. So, um, you know, I think with the Jets, I don't think that they're a very good team right now. You know, I think they're still year, a couple of years away from even contending for a wild card spot. Um, but I, I think with the Jets, at least you know for sure, okay, this is who the quarterback is going to be. Um, and now they know. I think I think they made some pretty good high, a pretty good hire for um, with Joe Douglas as their new GM. So it's not to say that I think the Jets are going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. Um, I think it's just uh, a, a kind of a statement about the current snapshot of some giants or overall organizational dysfunction might be the, uh, might be the well, way to say it we, diplomatically. We certainly, we certainly get that. We understand it. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of giants fans that would agree with you, but, but having, having come across <laughs> that Lindsay, I couldn't let you go without, without, uh, without fair. making That's you explain fair. it. All that's right. fair. I mean, look, I, I hope Dan I hope Daniel Jones is the right guy. I mean, after all the crap that's been said about him leading up to the draft and and since, I'd I'd love to see him succeed. I mean, I think that would be a tremendous story. So right, why um, don't for you... your guys' sake, hopefully they turn around quickly. There you go. I would like to actually cover some good football for a change. <laughs> for sure. You guys deserve it. So before I let you go, why don't you go ahead and tell people where they can find you on Twitter uh, to make the uh, make the subscribe to the athletic pitch if you want to do that. Seems like every time I have yeah. somebody from the athletic on, I get I get the subscribe pitch. So so For go sure, right ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Subscribe to the athletic. That's where all of my uh, my writing. I do kind of. Um, a lot of feature reporting. I'll be doing a lot of stuff during training camp, obviously. Um, but you know, mailbags and live chats and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, Dan who covers the giants is he's really, really good. Um, so hopefully you guys are already following him. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter. It's by Lindsay H Jones, which is basically just my byline. Um, it's Lindsay with an A. So yeah, by Lindsay H Jones. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have some good subscriber deals heading into training camp as well, which I'm pretty sure that'll happen where you can get you know, it's basically it's like three bucks a month. So um, no ads, you know, podcasts, you get all that good stuff. So, yeah, so read us, follow us. Um, and hopefully, um, yeah, I mean, most of my training camp tours that I've done in the past have all been kind of Midwest and West or South. And um, I am planning an East Coast trip. So hopefully I will make it out to East Rutherford um, during training camp and see you guys. All right, Lindsay, thank you very much for uh, for spending a little bit of time with me today. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. All right, our thanks to Lindsay, Lindsay Jones for spending some time with us. As always, Giants fans, we ask you to please subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. I thank all of the Giants fans who sent their stories and photos to the BigBlueView at gmail.com inbox all of those that were used in the the training camp memories post that we did. All right, thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. 
Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.